Hey, before we get started, um, can we have the uh, worship team, tech, media team stand really quick? Come on, can we just thank them? Can we just thank this incredible team? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we say it a lot, but man, this team, uh, it, it's all volunteers. They come early, they stay late, and uh, man, worship at Heart Church is good. So good. And um, today, uh, we're talking about and tackling the subject, the war room of praise. And so I want to start out by reading a quick psalm. Uh, just at, kind of forewarning everybody, we're going we're gonna to kind of dig in a little bit today. And so stay with me. We're going to hit uh, quite a few passages, but I'm, I'm excited about this message because I really feel like not only is it going to be sort of like a, just a, um, a breath of fresh air from God, but I also think it's going to be some tools in our tool belt and really uh, equip us for what God has for us. Um, to, to walk in victory. So, uh, Psalm chapter 34, this is a familiar psalm. If you have never read, first of all, just, just a, a preface of the psalms. Uh, and again, I know I'm preaching to the choir on a lot of you that just kind of already dig into the Word and kind of grew up that way, but man, the psalms are so rich. And if you ever need encouragement about anything that life could bring you're going to find it in the Psalms. And I'll tell you what, at some point I'm going to do a series in the Psalms. The series is going to take all year because it's so good. And if you've never read Psalm 34, then, I mean, I'm almost tempted to just have you leave right now and just go read it because it's that good. But I'm only going to just crack open the surface here in chapter uh, uh, 1, chapter 34, verse 1. It says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise, everyone say his praise, shall continually be in my mouth. Not my neighbor's mouth, in my mouth. So the days where I just kind of get to sit and hang out and listen to my neighbor sing and give praise is over because today it's in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. So whatever is coming out of my mouth is coming from the depth of my soul to praise my God. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the good things that you have in store for us. And God, I ask as we dive into this topic of praise, that you would open up our eyes once again to see you, Jesus, high and lifted up. And that today there would be a moment where we experience something new and fresh from your spirit. And, or whether this is just a good refresher or something that we've never heard before, God, I pray that we would all find ourselves in the same place, Lord, and that's encountering you once again in the table that you have served up for us. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn this fan off. So we're going to tackle praise, and I want to just preface this by saying worship is a big topic, and we could tackle worship for the whole year, or certainly for a series. And, and, and the reason why worship is such a big topic is not just because um, there's, there's a lot to it, but also because worship is not just singing. 
And, uh, and, and we know that. We know that worship is, we worship the Lord in our giving. We worship the Lord in our serving. We worship the Lord in loving people, right? Um, giving our whole life to Him. And so this, this whole topic of worship is massive. So today we're going sl- we're gonna, to we're gonna tackle a tiny little slice. And so I'm really going to focus on praise. And when I say praise, I want you to think singing. What the thing that we do and so many churches do, you probably grew up doing. How many of you grew up um, at some level, whether it be in a Catholic church or a Presbyterian or a Methodist or a Spirit-filled or whatever church, how many of you grew up singing songs? Put your hands down. How many of you have been singing songs when you go to church at least for the last 10 years? Most people in the room. Fernando, I see that hand. I know you were raising it on the inside. <laughs> so it's something that we do, and I think that most of us, again, um, some of us having grown up in church and have not been around it a lot, like there's a lot that's to that. The Bible talks about singing and lifting our voices and praising, lifting our hands, right? All of that even talks about musical instruments involved in it. But I want to kind of attack the heart of the issue and really talk about why it is that we sing. And not just corporately, but the power of praise in this war room. Because again, the war room is something, it's a private thing with you and God. Now granted, we all bring our war room here and this, this thing that we've built up on the inside. But I'm really talking about you walking in victory through prayer and praise on your own, in your secret place. And there's so much to it, but we're going to land on this place of praise. Now, I love praise and worship, and I grew up in a, in a um, church with uh, Mr. Adam over here uh, playing keyboards but, uh, in, in the youth group, but in the regular service, we had a, 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 the pastor's wife. Now, a lot of times the pastor's wife uh, does lead the worshipers on the keys, um, not in this church, although that would be awesome, and you should really encourage Heather to do that because she plays <laughs> keyboards. But... Um, or at least wave a flag or do something, you know. Uh, but, uh, but in church I grew up in, her name was Claudia. Uh, Joe and Stella, you guys grew up in this church, or a part of this church for a long time as well. She's a phenomenal worship leader. And we just grew up really bringing the house down. And so I was kind of memory lane in it a little bit as I was preparing this message. Uh, anybody uh, uh, remember the song, We Bring a Sacrifice of Praise? Come on. How about, uh, how about I've Got a River of Life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. Uh, anybody remember this? Majesty. Majesty. Right? And you really like go into your diaphragm. Worship is man. Right? Um, Hosanna. Hosanna in the high. And now the best one about the Hosanna song is that they always did, they went up an, an octave halfway through. Right? That's when you know you're going to the throne, right? When the octave changes. And I loved it when, uh, when I went to Bible school. Uh, I left here and went up to Washington, and it was a church that really believed in praise as well. But the pastor had this thing about joining hands at some point when we're really getting after it in worship. And so he would say, he would say join hands. And then when, when, when there, there was a special moment, then he would say, bridge the aisles. Don't just join hands, bridge the aisles, because there's something going to happen when we, and then we would interlock sometimes, really, and then we'd lift them up, 
right, to the Lord. It was just this amazing thing. And so if you were smart and you were single, then you would sit across the aisle from somebody and then you'd be like, Holy Spirit, today I need you to come and fall in this place. <laughs> and then he'd say, bridge the aisles, and you'd be like, yes, Lord, you are good. Let it be the interlock today. Lift it up. Worship is so good. I want to tackle um, a, an incredible story that we find two guys um, in the book of Acts in prison, Paul and Silas, and many of you have heard this, this passage before, but um, it's a really profound story of two guys, Paul and Silas, and they were thrown in prison unlawfully. They were beaten and, and what happens in the middle of this story is pretty incredible. And so we're going to pick up in Acts, and it'll be up on the screen, but Acts chapter 16, and this will kind of be our text today as we really look at this idea of praise. And it says this in chapter 16, verse 23, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they were threw them into the inner prison, commanding the jail to keep them securely, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Majesty. <laughs> the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prisoners' doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill them, kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all still here. So today I'm going to really just kind of tackle three simple ideas. The first one is this. Why do we sing praises to God. Now, it seems like a pretty simple answer. I find it interesting that Paul and Silas, they are in desperation, they are in prison, they are beaten, they are literally shackled. Um, if you've ever been to Rome or Israel or any of those places and see the kind of conditions, it's not like prison today. It was deep, it was dark, it was brutal. And here they are, and in the middle of that, when they got nothing better to do because there's no Facebook or Instagram, they're not scrolling social media, they are literally just beginning to lift up their voice. And, and so the question is, not just why are we going to sing on a Sunday morning or why is worship an idea, but a good idea, but why in the middle of this story were these dudes singing? And, you know, you might be thinking, well, I've heard the phrase, worship is powerful. And so maybe they were lifting up their voices to, to invite breakthrough and, and to open up the doors and loose the chains. And we know that's what happened in the story. And so maybe Paul and Silas were literally saying, you know what, um, uh, that, that's why we're, we need to worship because we need a breakthrough. And like I said, I really want to tap into the heartbeat of praise and worship. And so that's the reason why I ask specifically that question, because we know that worship is powerful. And we know that the byproduct of worship is 
breakthrough. But I, I stumbled on this idea, and I think it's, it, it, it's relevant. Um, and it, th- throw it up there. Breakthrough is a byproduct of worship, but it's not the motivation to worship. And again, when we're talking about worship, we're talking about praise. We're talking about lifting up our voices. We're talking about literally worshiping the Lord with our mouth, with our lungs, with our lips. And so what I love about worship is that breakthrough takes place and we're going to get there. But in this moment, Paul and Silas were doing something different, I believe, and we find it in Isaiah chapter 6. And as I said, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive, so follow me here because it's going to be good if you stay with me, because Isaiah chapter 6 is amazing. And it says this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, in the year of King Uzziah, I I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up the train of his robe filled the temple. So this is uh, Isaiah catching a glimpse of heaven. Every once in a while, we get a window into what is it that's going on in heaven. And we see it in Revelation, and we see it in Isaiah chapter 6. And above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. Two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Majesty, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken. Sound familiar? By the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe to me, for I am undone. This is the byproduct or result of us being in the very presence of God is that we recognize our shortcoming. You ever, you ever had a time in your life when you stepped into a place of worship like this, and you're like, man, I think I'm going to skip the singing because it messes with me. Being, stepping into the presence of God I'm instantly aware how woefully inadequate I am. We step into the presence of God, and when we don't understand who we are in Christ, there's almost this weird feeling of like, ah, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough for this moment. And so maybe I'll just come after the singing and hear the message. Has anybody ever had that thought? You guys are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it says this, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, don't miss this, having his hand, hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongue of the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Why do we sing songs of worship? This is the whole deal. This is so profound when we discover why do we sing? Because I was a man of unclean lips. He touched my lips and transformed my heart. So now... With every breath I will sing. My worship is not quiet. It's not contemplative. 
It's Jesus, you have touched my lips. And I love this. This is what happened to Isaiah. Is Isaiah is in the very presence of God and he's recognizing in his inadequacy. And the coal represents Jesus. And he not just touched his heart, didn't just purge his sin, but it specifically says he touched my lips. I was a man of unclean lips. There are so many things that have come out of these lips that have not glorified God. When I get into the presence of God and I encounter Jesus and he not only touches my heart, but he touches my lips and puts a new song in my heart, praise to God. And so at the end of the day, and this is the whole deal, worship is first and foremost a response to the goodness and to the kindness and to the love of God. Why did they sing, you ask? They sang because Jesus had touched touched their lips, because Jesus had transformed their heart. And they're like, listen, I don't care if we're proclaiming it in the temple courts or if we're in the inner dungeon. Jesus has touched my lips, my lips, my mouth, given me breath in my lungs. And with that breath, I will praise the Lord. This is so essential for our war room. And it's something that the enemy has tried to steal, especially from men. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if dudes are just more insecure to sing, more too prideful. But typically, and not in this church, but typically dudes have such a hard time engaging in song, like lifting their voices and getting into it. Not in this church, because I all I hear you guys. If I didn't, I would come talk to you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, but we, we saw this when we first planted our church in a house, and it was like so obvious when you heard somebody sing, and then we were all singing, and it was like, you know, it was beautiful to the Lord, and maybe not necessarily to everybody else, but, but, it, was, but it was profound because we were lifting up our voices. And I, and, and, I, and I have to say this, that like the breath in our lungs is meant to come out because Jesus has touched my lips. It really is. It's not contemplative. And there's this whole thing about like how worship is so many things. And so I'm quiet. And so therefore, maybe I'm going to worship God in my service to him or the way I give. But like during the song thing, I don't really do that. And I'm just saying like we were created to do that. And we, we, we fall in line with the, with, with the rhythm of heaven when we do, because that's what's happening in heaven. And so why did they praise? Why do you and I praise? It is a response of the goodness of God. And it doesn't have to look the same. This is not a cloning process. We're not trying to say when you lift your hands, you kind of do the V because this is weird and this is too, you know, uh, uh, obstructive. And so we need to do the V, you know, and do the open hands, not the closed hands. And when you go out like this, it's not here, it's here. This is not a cloning process. It's however you do it. But when you do it, there should be something coming out of your mouth because God filled my lungs with new breath. His Zoe life is in my lungs. And then he touched my lips and he redeemed them. Yes. He redeemed my lips. He redeemed your lips. And with those redeemed lips, we have the privilege yes. to worship, Amen. to praise. And it's powerful. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is a beautiful passage that simply displays the response. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may. That's the whole deal right there. 
that you may proclaim the praises. Why do we worship? Because we may. We can. Before I couldn't because I had unclean lips and I was filled with all kinds of nasty and I didn't even have a desire to worship. I didn't feel worthy to worship and I came before God and I became undone as he touched my lips and filled my heart and so now I can. And so now the only question is, you just tell me if it's getting in the way because otherwise I'm going for it. If I could give more, I would. If I could sing more, I would because this is my privilege and right and response to him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called me out of darkness. Why did Paul and Silas begin to lift up their voices? Because Jesus had touched their lips. So that's why we sing. And, and that's not to negate the things that take place when we sing. And we're going to dig into that in just a minute. But just recognize that like we sing because we may. It's a response of the gospel. When the gospel comes down, our praise goes up. Yeah, and, if, and if you meet somebody that's all locked up on the inside, then, then, then they don't need to learn how to worship. They need to, ha- they need to encounter the gospel. Because the byproduct of the raw gospel is, oh, Jesus, yeah. come on, I love you. You don't have to teach fans how to, how to praise. We all do it instinctively. So the next idea is this. What does praise look like? What does it look like? Specifically in the inner war room of prayer, what does praise look like? I love this passage, Psalm 100, verse 4. As I said, psalms are filled and loaded, and this is what it says. Uh, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. There is something about a melody, isn't there? There's something about music, and we know that, uh, we, and, and maybe you already know that the enemy, the devil, who is real, he doesn't have a pitchfork, but he's real, and, 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 and he used to be kind of in charge of the worship in heaven, right? He was like the worship leader in heaven, and so he gets it, and so he's fallen, and he knows intricately the power of music. You know, God created music, Right? And, and, and then he created us to be creative, to use that vehicle as a powerful thing, which is why music moves you. Right? You ever had a bad season in your life or a bad past and like music instantly takes you back there? Are there songs that you just kind of like kind of avoid or maybe used to avoid because it was too fresh? Right? Because music has that power to just take you back. God created it that way. It's beautiful. Music is beautiful. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, he gave us the choice to exalt him with our music or not. It's a choice. And we can use it as a vehicle on the other way. But it it really is powerful. And it's much more than words. There's something about a melody. And I know this because my kids, and I don't, uh, I'm I'm not bragging here. This is not a, a, a good thing about me. But sometimes, and my wife will tell you this, sometimes it's hard to get my attention. Because I'm just like a kind of a classic guy in the sense that I don't multitask very well. And so when I'm thinking about something or I'm on my phone texting and I've got somebody telling me something, it doesn't always register. Any guys in the room know what I'm talking about? (laughs) You guys are like, stop, this is not helping. The wives are like, see? Uh, 
And, 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 and so sometimes uh, my kids will be trying to get my attention, like, dad, dad, right? And they'll be saying something, and I'm just like in the zone, right? And, uh, but this happened to me two days ago. We're, we're watching TV, and sometimes that's one of the times I'm in the zone, so I'm like, I'm into a good show. And, uh, and I was watching this show at night, and all of a sudden, just like that, I heard my daughter singing. Because she, you know, is on the rotation of helping to kind of do some of the songs for youth, and so she's been practicing her songs. And, and, and just like that, I heard her singing. And my TV, and we had the little uh, sound bar, we kind of blared, and it's probably too loud, but I like it loud. So we're kind of into it, and in the midst of all of that, she's upstairs, and I heard it. And I, and I paused my show, and I just sat there, and there she was. And it wasn't loud, but it was, there was something about my daughter singing versus in my ear, hey, dad, can you blah, 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 and what about my hamster, and can we go get this? And I'm just like tuning it out, right? <laughs> but as soon as she starts singing, I'm like, ooh, where did that come from? That's awesome. That's beautiful because it's powerful. But notice, notice that verse in Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Here's a tool for your tool belt. Thanksgiving is the gateway to praise. And perfect timing because we just entered fall. Look around. Amber, Eric, thank you so much. It looks like fall in here. Thanksgiving is coming. It's in the air. It's time to be thankful. This concept is beautiful related to praise, related to your prayer room, because Thanksgiving is the gateway into praise. At any point, at any moment, you're driving in the car, you're in the shower, you're kneeling at your bed, wherever you are, when you just begin to thank the Lord and, and, and begin to lift up your voice in praise and adoration and glorifying Him, it is a gateway into the courts of the Lord, and it is beautiful. Remember um, when I said, uh, this isn't karaoke that we do here? I said that... Uh, a couple months back, that when we get together and when we sing, uh, it's not karaoke. And I know sometimes it looks like karaoke because we have the words up on the screen and we have a band leading us and now we all just get to sing the song. But there's something that's so much more powerful that's taking place as we use the breath in our lungs to begin to lift up thanks to the Lord. And Crystal is really strategic about this and I help as well to pick songs that are not just me focused. You ever notice that sometimes you, you know, you, even the worship songs can just start to get a little bit too introspective. And I'll tell you what, it's not just the music business that does that. You and me, we do it too. We get into our war room and it's like all week long, all day long, our eyes have just been on us. And this is the power of Thanksgiving. It goes from here and you're just looking at your feet and your problems and your things that are going on. And all of a sudden, you're just, you just begin to thank the Lord. You begin to worship the Lord. You begin to declare who He is, having nothing to do with your circumstances. And you're not doing it so that you have some breakthrough. You're not doing it so that the chains come off or the door opens. You're doing it because He is high and lifted up on the throne. You're doing it because I was wayward. My, my, my lips were, were unredeemed, but He filled me with breath. 
and, and gave me new lips to praise. And so this is why I worship. And all of a sudden, it elevates you to a totally different plane of life. And this is the power of praise. But it starts with thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Jesus, you're so good. The enemy will do anything to keep you silent. Anything. And he starts with making it sound really awkward when it's coming out of your voice. Guys, I'm not going to make you raise your hand because it'll be too awkward, but I know that you all relate with this. Ladies, you too, but we're just more dysfunctional than you are. And so us guys, we have a hard time with hearing our own voice when we're talking to ourselves. And when we're talking to God and when we're praying and when we're worshiping and it's just awkward. I remember when I was in, in, in Bible school, I had to break through the awkwardness of what it sounded like for me to say the name Jesus out loud. It's just awkward. Jesus. And the ladies are like, really? You're weird. I know I'm weird, but I'm just trying to be honest with you. Well, there's certain things coming out of your mouth that just, you just have to break through it because the enemy, especially the guys, but all of us, he wants to keep you silence. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing sexier to a wife than a husband that has found his voice in the war room. Come on, ladies, help me out here. Than a dude that has found his voice in the war room saying, listen, God's redeemed my lips. He touched them. He filled my heart. And now I'm going to begin to use the breath in my lungs to declare the goodness of God, to praise his name, to lift up adoration to the Lord. It's not something that you do in your mind. It's something that comes out of your lips and it's powerful and it's beautiful. Lastly, what is the result of praise? Spiritual warfare always begins with praise because it aligns our hearts with heaven. And it aligns our hearts with heaven. So listen, if you're ever needing to dig in in the, in the war room into, this, into, the, into the warfare that's going on, I, 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 I promise you that when you start with praise, it shifts the atmosphere. Because the minute that you start worshiping, the minute that you start thanking, the minute that you start exalting the name of the Lord, it's just like this. While I was watching that show, my, my little speaker blaring, and all of a sudden, boom, I could hear my daughter's voice. As soon as you start declaring, there is, there is a host of, of angels and demons, and God himself sitting on the throne that instantly hears, who, my child, they're declaring, they're singing, they're praising. Come on, this is powerful. It begins to lift and shift the atmosphere in the room and in your hearts. I love how it says uh, um, that the prisoners were listening. You know who else is listening? You know who else is listening when you begin to use your, your God-given breath? You are. It's one of the most powerful things. You're listening. Your soul is listening. David said it all. And this is a big plug for Psalms because David says it all in Psalm, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless him. Because when I bless him, my soul listens. My soul hears. And something changes on the inside. When I just begin to declare, God is good. Listen, 
something I'm going through is a bummer. But God is good. He is in control. I exalt his name. I glorify his name. I set him in the highest place in my life. Even when I don't feel like it, I do it. And something shifts in my own soul because it's powerful. This is the power of praise. This is the power of thanksgiving. When we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, his gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise, is, is, is first and foremost you here. You want to instantly shift the atmosphere of your home, your workplace, or your own soul. Just begin to declare the goodness of God. And that's why we do it in here. And that's why it feels so good when you walk in this room. How good does it feel when you walk in this room? I'll tell you what's my favorite moment all week long. Walking into this room, there's something about this place. Why? Because all we do is declare the goodness of God in this place. It's the only thing that happens in here and in the kids' room. That's what we do. And listen, if you're not doing that in your home, I really encourage you to because it's a game changer. No good candle is going to make that happen. But if you begin, and listen, listen, put some on in the YouTube. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with using a, a catalyst to get that going. It doesn't have to just be you in your war room. Put some music on or put a YouTube thing on. I was with Dan and show uh, last week uh, for Dan's birthday, and it was awesome. They had like YouTube worship going on the whole time. It was just like, I felt like it was a giant worship weekend. It was amazing. But like, it floods your home with good stuff. And listen, we need this. Our kids need this. And I'll be the first to admit that that it's hard sometimes to get them like off the screen. And sometimes it's a negotiation of like, I'll trade you this for that. I will pay you to get off that rights. Uh, but, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? You want to do screens? Perfect. Here we go. Worship YouTube. Let's go. Yeah. And I've been doing that lately. And you know what? Like kids are kind of getting into it. It's cool. Create an environment of worship in your home. And let your soul respond. Let the environment respond. Let me, the atmosphere respond. You shape the atmosphere of wherever you're at. Because you're, you're a kingdom son and daughter. You have that power to shift the atmosphere. And praise and worship does it. But it can't just be YouTube. YouTube can get you there. But I'm telling you, it's your lips. It's your mouth. There's a theme here. It's coming out of your mouth as we declare the goodness of of God. Let your kids hear it. Let your spouse hear it. Come on, let's do this together. It is so powerful. And it may sound awkward at first. Break through it. And breakthrough is coming. I'm going to land the plane here. I'm going to land the plane. This is so cool. I love this picture because, again, we see Paul and Silas, and they're in their prison, and they just begin to worship. Not for, I don't believe it was for any other reason than, listen, I think this was just who they are. It's just who they are. They're worshipers. They're praisers. This is, God is so good. And it's cool that the prisoners are listening and it's cool that the doors opened and all that. Yeah, God does cool stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm a worshiper. And that's what I love about this worship team is they don't worship because they're on this stage. They don't worship because it's a Sunday. They don't worship because we ask them to. They are worshipers. And because they are, we invite them up on the stage to lead us because we are worshipers. And that was, that was the, the deal with Paul and Silas. But I love the power of this thing because it says that it shook the foundations. And listen, that's the power of worship. I'll tell you, it's connected to spiritual warfare. When we begin to shift the atmosphere at that level, it doesn't just change the mood. It goes deeper than that. It goes to the root of some stuff. It changes your heart. 
It changes the minds and hearts of others. It shifts the whole deal. And we see that as a result of worship, what happened. And if you've never read past what we read in this story, you should, because it's, it's, it's the coolest part about this thing is not that the prison doors opened. It's what took place after this. And I believe this is a prophetic thing that God could do in, in some of our families as he redeems relationships through the power of worship. Watch this, Acts chapter 16, and then we're going to worship. Verse 33. He took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Okay, pause. This guy beat them for proclaiming the gospel. And then he put them into the deepest, darkest dungeon and shackled them and left them. This is this guy. He gets saved because of the worship that took place. And Paul's like, hey, it's cool, man. We're not leaving. He was going to kill himself because he thought, oh my gosh, I'm dead because they're all gone. He's like, no, 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 we're not, we're not going anywhere. Why? Because we're worshipers. We're not out to get you. Our battle's not against you. That's not what I'm doing here. God's changed my heart. Man, my heart was wicked. And before, man, I would have done, I would have stormed out of this gate and we would have all collectively taken you down for beating us. But when you begin to worship and you begin to create a different atmosphere and environment in your soul, something takes place that's different. And it's tangible. And everyone sees it. And all of a sudden, you are not a victim a day in your life. But instead, you see open opportunities. No, we're, here. we're still here. He gets blown away. He gets saved. And then they, the prisoners who got beaten, allowed him, hey, let me wash those stripes off of your back. Okay, sure. Sure. What kind of person not only stays in the dungeon, but allows this guy to wash their wounds that he created just a couple hours ago? This wasn't months ago. It was hours ago. It was earlier that day. He beat them. And now he's washing their wounds. And now watch this. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. This is the guy who whipped them. Now, when he had brought them into his house. So then he said, hey, why don't you come over to my house? Hang out with me and my family. He set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God and all of his household. Worship changes everything. But it can't just be something that you do on Sunday morning. It can't just be a song that you sing. It can't just be a YouTube channel that you put on. It's a breath in your lungs and redeemed lips that begin with thanksgiving and with praise. And we create an atmosphere that says, God, you are high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. And this is our response because you've transformed our life. And so now we offer not just our lips and our songs, but our lives to you in worship. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name.
we're going to spend the next few moments, and I'm going to invite you just, this is, this is going to be for 10 minutes. And I, I really felt like this was from the Lord. Some of you have seen this video, but this isn't meant to be a video that we just watch, but we enter into. So you can remain seating, but it's seated, but at some point, if you want to stand, at some point, you want to lift your hands, if you want to kneel. This is 10 minutes, and just see this as a gift. We, got all, we all have stuff to do. We all got stuff we got to take care of after this. And Lord knows we're going to eat some food. But, but for right now, this is a 10-minute gift for you to begin in a new way. Step into something that's yours. Your war room of praise. don't believe in fairy tales I guess I've outgrown them But that doesn't mean that I don't believe That there's something bigger than me Cause I've seen it in a hospital room When the doctor said sorry There's nothing more we can do Well it wasn't through I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle God if you said you'll perform it may not be how I want you to but here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you
they try to push me prematurely and I'm going away till you open the door I'm going away and while I'm waiting I'll be worshiping while I'm waiting I'll be praising while I'm waiting I'll be praising while I'm waiting I'll be praising oh Oh, it's about what you do when you wait. Why complain when you can pray? Oh, it's not about just waiting. It's about what you do and when you're waiting. So instead of complaining, why don't we just start praising in the middle of the While I'm waiting, I'll be praising. Jesus, that table that you invite us to. And Lord, I pray just as we've created margin in a moment for us to sit down at that table and declare your goodness. God, I pray that that would be a place that we find ourselves often. And it's in that place that you restore our souls, that you give us brand new eyes to see. Father, and you shift the atmosphere all around us. And we give you praise and honor and glory for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.